0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Political Agenda with me, PJ Thum. I am wearing a blue and white party shirt, sitting with two other people in front of a black table and in front of a map of Southeast Asia. We have a great show for you today. Uh, Ritaza Chatterjee is here. Did I pronounce that right? That's great. right. Fantastic. <laughs> Phew. Uh, but before we begin, as always, this is a production by New Narrative, and if you'd like to learn more about New Narrative, please go to newnarrative.com slash hello. And if you'd like to support what we do, if you enjoy what you hear today, you'd like to see more of it, hear more of it, uh, please do join as a member at newnarrative.com slash join or donate at newnarrative.com slash donate. So now, as always, joining us today, my co-host, editor in chief of Wake Up Singapore, Sean Francis Han. Hello, Sean, how are you today? Hi, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm really excited to
1: get into this one because we are talking about mental health, which is an issue that, you know, has just seen so much awareness, so so much news, so much information come out about it. Um, and as somebody who's had like a lot of friends and a lot of people around me deal with and struggle with mental health issues, I mean, this this is something I think a little bit more personal this is something that I'm quite interested to get into. But before we get into that, I'm wearing a cream shirt, uh, and my, you know, the usual basics that I'm always wearing, and my pronouns are he, him. PJ? My, yeah. pronouns, are,
0: my pronouns are also he, him.
1: Sorry. Yes. All right. So, let's get into it. Um, we are joined here with Reeds. Hi, Reeds. Can you tell us what you're wearing and what your pronouns are?
2: Hi. I'm Reeds. My pronouns are she, her. I am wearing an off-white shirt with watermelon prints on it.
1: I love it. Yeah, honestly, I I really love it. But let's not get into that. Let's get into a little bit more on who you are. Who are you as a person? How did you get into mental health issues? What led you there?
2: I wish I did have to get into it, (laughs) into mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way it started was um, I was in uni. And um, that's when I first started seeking professional help Mm -hmm. For mental health Um, And it wasn't that I mean, uni contributed to it Mm -hmm. um, And in university, you know, I was struggling uh, But it was a lot of past trauma coming up for me Mm -hmm. um, In terms of um, sexual violence that I'd faced Abuse and things like that Um, And uni was the first place Where I was able to name all of the trauma that I'd been carrying mm-hmm. and I was able to do that because I was surrounded by a lot of black and brown women and non-binary people and um, they were talking about all of these things and I was just like hmm, okay uh, maybe this like this is also my life mm-hmm. um, and it became m- like not just an individual issue it became like oh my god this is like a collective issue like a mm-hmm. lot of people are going through this um, and and yeah, and then seeking help at uni was very normalised. Everyone was doing it.
1: Okay. Um, which, so, which university is this that we're talking uh, about?
2: So I went to Oxford.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 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 alumni club here, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so, and everyone was doing it. it was, I wish it was something cool, like, oh, you know, I smoke, that's cool. But it was it was therapy, everyone was going to therapy. So I was like, therapy's cool, okay, let me try it out. And mm. yeah, that's when... Um, I, I, I. that's how it started for me. Mm-hmm. And, but apart from like medication and therapy, what was really like crucial to my journey was mm-hmm. the community I was with. Okay, And
1: okay, can I just jump in here? Where, where does the community come in? Because I have this impression where mm. mental health is you go to a therapist, you speak one-on-one, and then you go get pills. Mm. Where's the, where's, where does the community come in here?
2: So, I would I, I would never, you know, given the upbringing that I have, you know, Asian mindset or w- whatever that is, I would never go to therapy because mm-hmm. that's seen as a sign of failing, right? I failed.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> strong enough
2: to cope on my own. Then mm-hmm. I have to go therapy. Yeah. Um, but it's because people around me, the friends that I had, mm-hmm. um, they were going to therapy. And they started telling me, like, hey, like you know, this is affecting you to a point where, like, you know, this is actually, like, Affecting your life Affecting your relationships
1: mm-hmm. And So that's they kind of convinced you That's into what it.
2: pushed me Into therapy It All wasn't right. like One day I woke up And I was like Therapy sounds cool Let me just go You know It wasn't like that Okay yeah.
1: So you have you know you have had experience with therapy you've had experience with medication right but you've started this very interesting project which is sort of an alternative to that right which is Mm -hmm. a new solution a new response to mental health issues and that new solution is called your head so can you tell us a little bit about a bit about what is your head
2: okay firstly i want to caveat that with mm. saying that it's not an alternative to therapy mm-hmm. and medication, um, but it is it is a community mm-hmm. and Your Headline is basically a platform that we created mm-hmm. um, to amplify marginalized voices. Okay, um, And we did that because um, when I came back from university, I took back to Singapore, mm-hmm. I was looking for community, you know, and I was looking for people who kind of understood mm-hmm. what I was going through Um, And I couldn't really find that Um, So I And everywhere I looked There was a lot of talk about mental health Mm -hmm. Like everyone was talking about it Ministers were talking about it You know Um, But It was always either like One in five people in Singapore Have a mental health issue And then it's black and white You know It Mm -hmm. was like very like Trauma porn Mm -hmm. Or it was super like I am a person in recovery Mm -hmm. I have gotten through My mental health issues And now I'm a productive Member of society Mm -hmm. So it's very inspiration porn Yeah And I saw that binary And I was just like I'm not Any of these people mm-hmm. You know that's, that's not human Yeah And so I wanted to create A space Where we could share Our narratives mm-hmm. um, In a very human way mm-hmm. um, And it What I also noticed Was that You know People were just talking About depression And anxiety mm-hmm. uh, Which are the more Palatable yeah. Um, mental illnesses, mm. because you know you can relate to having anxiety. You can relate to to being anxious. You can you can relate to being depressed. I mm. guess at points in your life, uh, but no one was talking about the seemingly unpalatable um, mental illnesses like borderline personality disorder and things like that, schizophrenia. Because these are unpalatable, right? These are ugly. You cannot turn these into trauma or inspiration porn so easily.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I noticed this huge gap, and then I was like, hmm, we just need a space where we can tell our stories on our own terms mm-hmm. um, and where we can just put our own human narratives out there. You okay, know? so, so that's all. Yeah. I-
0: if I can, if I can jump in, so it's it's very much about sort of normalizing the idea of uh, mental health illnesses, and that's what the community does for you, right? And it it, it, it that's what I'm I'm getting from what you're saying. And um, the the role of norms in how we address mental health illness is something you know that I'm I'm very curious about listening to you. Um, and do we see um, I I mean I know you're you you haven't you are not like an academic and haven't done research um, but um, other societies where mental health discussion and uh, is is sort of far more normalized and how does that affect the the overall health of the population um, you know do do we is there a, is there are there comparable societies where these things where uh, we are able to all the members of that society are able to talk about uh, mental health issues a lot more openly. It's become more normalized mm-hmm. and consequently you can actually see uh, or some sort of measurable effect in the well-being of the population.
2: Mm. Well, I can't, I don't know if there are comparable mm-hmm. societies, but that is a community that we are trying to create at right. your head, mm-hmm. where these things are normalized mm-hmm. and we are trying to make mental health more than just an individual problem mm-hmm. because it's so individualized, right? It, it's very much like you can you are struggling because you cannot cope because you're not resilient enough. Uh, but what we are trying to do at Your Headline is that we are trying to really tackle the systemic causes, mm-hmm. which are the root causes of, of mental health issues. I mean, what I mean by that is that, you know, is not just about how you react to things, but it's about who you are as a person, how you navigate the world. So, if you are living from paycheck to paycheck, and you have to deal with financial precarity, that causes a huge amount of stress. If you are a brown person in this country, and you are constantly having to live with racist microaggressions, Mm. which are endorsed by the state, that is going to be stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are if you have access to your basic needs, if you have access to healthcare, if you have access to employment, you know, if you have, like, if you have an, if at your job, you get respect and dignity. If you're facing violence every day because of your gender, your race, your sexuality, all of this, these things play a part in your mental health. So it's not just, it mental health doesn't just exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to say is that you know, it is not just a clinical problem. Like, you know, there are, there's something wrong with your brain, but it's a social problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And with social solutions, so we need to dismantle everything. Mm-hmm. Um, capitalism, racism, you know, all of these things in order to have a world which cares about our mental health. Yeah.
1: I, I, I I love that I love that message because I think a lot of times uh, mental health you know people coming into it who are not familiar with mental health tend to think like oh it's you know it's like a um, it's like a brain defect or a neurochemical imbalance right when kind of ignoring the fact that there are systemic and structural reasons uh, for it right. But I, okay, I want to pull it a little bit back into your head for a moment, Mm -hmm. right? Which is, there's a website, there's a Facebook page, right? Um, What goes on? What goes on there, right? What's happening?
2: So, uh, we also have an Instagram where we are more active. Mm -hmm. Um, So, essentially, what we're trying to do is build community, right? Okay. Uh, So, before COVID, this was a lot easier. So, every month, we would have a community gathering... Uh, Where anyone can join Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just do Random things Like uh, Have board game night Or a Halloween party Mm -hmm. And um, Other than that There's also people Who send us stories Mm -hmm. That they want um, And we That they want to publish Mm -hmm. And we put that On the website Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just A lot of it, we, we don't really do one thing we do everything okay so whenever there, so we also do like workshops we've done a few workshops and healing sessions so every time something really racist happens like for example the brown face incident oh my god um, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you see all of that right mm-hmm. and there's so much like news about it and it affects people' ment- people's mental health so mm-hmm. we do like healing spaces where brown people can come together and just have like a space of of like rest and being together. Mm -hmm. Um, We also do community accountability. So we do, we facilitate sessions on community accountability and we just do everything. Uh, So before the elections this year, we released, um, this was a big thing for us because we were like, hmm, you know, some of us, we were like, you know, we should go out there and we should say like, don't vote for the ruling party. Mm -hmm. And then other people were like, yeah, but you know, like, is it going to affect our safety? Because, you know, are they going to come after us? We don't mm-hmm. know that, so we were afraid. Um, and then other people were like, "But you know, if we don't take a, if we don't take a stance now, then when are we ever going to take a stance?" And mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and so we just took our discussion and mm-hmm. we put it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's really about like showing the kind of ways, the relationships that we are building with each other. Mm-hmm and kind of making it the norm.
1: Nice. So yeah. there's not like one main thing that your Hitler is. It's a bunch of different things like workshops, healing spaces, articles, yeah. narratives. So, okay. So so it's really about building that community through whatever means is available. Yeah. I, I, okay. Okay, now, so now I've got a great sense of your Hitler and PJ kind of hinted at this just now, right? But what is the, what is the mental health situation in Singapore, <laughs> right? I mean, institutionally and culturally and ideologically, what does it kind of look like? I have a bit of a sense that ideologically, it's bad, right? I mean, we Asian parents, I can relate. You can relate, um, you know. But yeah, what 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 is that landscape like?
2: Okay, okay, I could go on forever, but I will start <laughs> with um, like I talked about this just now. How mental health is very individualized, mm-hmm. and it it is also very depoliticized.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So what? Your are Hitler We have a manifesto And when we were That was the f- One of the first things we did mm-hmm. And in our manifesto We put it out that That we want to make Mental health a political issue mm-hmm. uh, Because when you That's the way A lot of things get done Right You just make it deeper, Like apolitical And when everything is a mental health issue, you know, labor rights are a mental health issue. Civil liberties are a mental health issues. Poverty is a mental health issue. All of these things are mental health issues. And that's why we call ourselves a mental health collective. Because we want to do resistance work for all of these issues. And we care about all of these issues, right? Uh, in terms of the landscape... Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's start off with the institutions. What's so, going on there? We have one big IMH. You know, what's, yes. what's happening there?
2: Um, so and the
1: private private stuff as well. That's, so to me, the private survey. private stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah it's very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, I'll share my own. Uh, for a therapy session, I paid $240. I'm sorry, For what? an wow. hour. For an hour. This um, is just...
1: What, does it come with pills? Or? No, it does not. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. um,
2: and then for the medication that I take, uh-huh. it is 300 uh, 300 for a pill that I take every day and that's just one of the pills this is
1: private yes wow so it is
2: very expensive and I'm obviously coming from a position of great privilege Mm -hmm. that I can afford this Mm -hmm. so that's the the private like a lot of people can't even touch that Mm -hmm. right and then there is our public healthcare system Mm -hmm. which is a different ballgame the waiting times are very very long Okay. So I've had friends who went they finally decided to seek help, they wanted to get medication and they were they went to a polyclinic and they went in a state of great distress, mm-hmm. you know, and they were given an appointment 2 months later.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Wait, 2 months. Two that could months. be after like a lot of damage
2: Exactly Okay
1: And that's just Is it bottleneck That's the I, I mean
2: I'm not sure what it is Okay Yeah And with From what I've heard about Public healthcare It is a hit and miss mm-hmm. based, uh, For what Professional you get mm-hmm. Because a lot of the Your Hitler community A lot of us are queer A lot of us are brown You know A lot of us are marginalized In like Very specific ways mm-hmm. So you could go in To uh, you Let's say you waited two months, you know, now you have an appointment and you go in and the professional who is attending to you, mm-hmm. they could be very racist or they could be not queer affirming. Mm. There have been people who have been to, you know, public healthcare care professionals who have said that you are depressed because you're trans. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Um, and things like that. So it, it's, it's you end up going to an institution to seek help, but it ends up really... Traumatizing you even more
1: Yeah so, I mean How does that Okay never, Okay let's not get into that That's a big That's a big structural If, if I can You
0: can, can jump in You're reminding me Of our conversation With Loon From mm-hmm. was it Two months ago now um, Who was a guest On the podcast And she talked about The problem uh, Being A bit You know Even more insidious Than that In that uh, Individuals within the system May want to help you uh, they may not care that you're trans, but the system pressurises you very much to conform to certain boxes. And so her experience uh, was not so much that individuals cared or not whether she was trans, but they that they were highly incentivized And the system as a whole really wanted her to fit into one of the conventional boxes that the government has prescribed. And that's really... Uh, Far more difficult to resist because you, you you might be able to reason with a person an individual level, but how do you re- reason with a system mm. that is so massive and multi-layered and complex and and um, dehumanizing, mm. right? So it's 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 even more you know. So when when you talk about that, that these sort of issues, um, it occurs to me that you're entering a mental health system which doesn't want to acknowledge. Uh, a lot of different ways in which people live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not just in terms of gender or sexuality, but uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, it, 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 it is it drives all of us to be quote unquote productive members of society, to be economically efficient, economically productive in very specific ways which contribute to GDP. And if you don't fit into that They really pressure you To fit into that And you're not a good person Unless you fit into that And how on earth If you're You know If you have mental health issues How on earth do you deal with With that So Yeah, this is just, you know, mm. and thinking all of this just occurs to me listening to A- you. And
1: that brings up the the, the 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 second point here, which is, you know, the cultural landscape in Singapore regarding mental health and mental well-being. So, what would you say that that is what what would you say the cultural or ideological landscape is like regarding mental health?
2: Mm. I mean, like before I move into that question, like mm. what PJ said, like, you know, You are having to reason Not just with a person But a whole system When you're going in To seek care Mm -hmm. And that's just so much For someone to take on And you don't even have to be Someone in distress Or someone like With mental health issues You just have to be a person To go in there And have to fight for your care Like that Mm -hmm. To come up against So much resistance Um, That already in itself Is a lot to carry And also we don't want professionals who don't care if you're trans you know because being a trans person for me being a brown person the way i navigate the world being brown affects a lot of it so i don't want you to not care that i'm 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 brown i want you to know the specific ways in which racial trauma manifests for me navigating this country in a brown body like Mm -hmm. that's yeah, yeah so it's not just about being apathetic to my identity, but mm-hmm. also but being queer affirming, being racial trauma informed, to know specifically how oppression affects my mental health.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. W- would you say that that um at at a private clinic, you know, the, the where, with, with with your with I mean your your current uh, therapist or your current setup, are they are they affirming of, of the different intersectional identities that that, that you inhabit.
2: Yeah, so I, I requested for someone okay. who who was and which is something not a lot of people know is that mm. you can request okay um and to for someone with specific you know trainings with specific specializations and you can request for that all right um but it is difficult to find that's okay. why I'm paying two hundred forty dollars for an hour all right um yeah but in terms of the cultural mindset right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um when you make something an individual problem. Mm-hmm when it's so individualized, you will focus on anti-stigma campaigns, uh-huh. right? Which we see on our MRTs and our buses. Um, and But it's not just about bias here. Uh-huh. It's a systemic issue, right? So let's say I am an employer and I think that, you know, I'm worried about hiring mentally ill people into my company. Uh-huh. And my company makes it okay. The laws of this country make it okay so that I do not have to hire this person. Uh-huh. And it's not just okay, it's just normal, mm-hmm. you know? And then that practice, that kind of mindset becomes the norm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is what happens in this country. Mm-hmm. And then, so now me applying, so that actually translates into like a systemic exclusion mm-hmm. of mentally ill people, of disabled people mm-hmm. from employment, yep. right? And then let's say I, a mentally ill person, am applying for a job. And there's a dis- a, an option to disclose my illness, why would I do that? I won't get the job, right? Mm-hmm. And if I, let's say I do disclose and I get the job, highly unlikely, but let's say I do, what if it's outed to all of my colleagues? Mm-hmm. What if I get harassed for it? Mm-hmm. You know? So why, there's there's so much fear mm-hmm. around disclosure yep. and we are telling mentally ill people, like, you know, it's okay to seek help and it's, and we're placing all the burden of seeking help, of disclosing everything on the mentally ill person, on the marginalized person, mm-hmm. instead of telling employers like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to change your mind here, but let's put in an anti-discrimination legislation uh-huh. where you are not allowed to discriminate yeah. by law. Mm-hmm. You know, that, is, that would be a step forward, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I want to ask you how what are sort of the tangible you know I get a sense I get a sense of it but what are some of the tangible or more manifest ways in which your Hitler has helped individuals in the community
2: Mm. I wouldn't say that we set out to help individuals Mm -hmm. um, but in the way help is a very hierarchical word I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. Um, what we're trying to do is just build a community where we can survive together Mm -hmm. you know where we we exchange information. We exchange resources, mm-hmm. and we are finding ways to like navigate the system together, navigate this country together. Um, yeah, so that's essentially what we're doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just coming together. We we actually have a Facebook group, and um, every time someone we want, is looking for like a therapist who is very specific, like you know childhood trauma that kind of thing, they just put it on the Facebook group, and then other people just jump in like with suggestions and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a very like organic community. Mm-hmm. A lot of resource sharing. And, um, just building relationships essentially, that's what, what we're trying to do. We're not I mean, in terms of changing the system, we are the ultimate goal of your Hitler, I say this, and people laugh every time is to dismantle capitalism.
3: Mm-hmm. that is
2: the ultimate goal because the work doesn't end with us. Mm-hmm. We want the work to keep going on and on and on, mm-hmm. and yeah, so we are doing it in a very specific way of like building community
3: mm-hmm.
2: of making people realize that you know, it is not you. It's not you that... It's not your fault that you're struggling. It is a systemic issue. We really believe that, you know, it's, it's not people failing, it's their environments failing them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we carry with us. We try to practice that. Um, and in terms of our community, we're also trying to practice new ways of relating to each other. Um, and I think I heard about this during the mutual aid episode, which was really, really, like, heartwarming for me. But we're also trying to practice ways to relate to each other in that are Mm anti-capitalist you know where we view each other as as human beings yeah so we don't work on deadlines we don't have hierarchies Mm -hmm. before every team meeting we come together we share a meal we talk about our our weeks we cry we laugh we drink together sometimes we just throw the agenda out the window Mm -hmm. Uh, and we we just we just like to be together Mm -hmm. um and yeah in Singapore, especially, it seems like you always have to come together with a purpose, you know, to, to do some kind of work, especially in the activist scene, to collaborate in some ways. But we just come together because we want to. And there's value in that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, the converse or the... the yeah. So, so conversely, um, how has your Hitler benefited yourself? <laughs> yeah.
2: Your Hitler has changed my life.
1: Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the message that we get from a lot of activists, that their, their activism is is. Rooted, or at least has a big part to play in the fulfillment and the, you know, benefiting themselves. So, how, is that, how has that benefited you?
2: I mean, for me, I, I navigate the world as a queer brown woman, mm-hmm. right? And there are a lot of stresses every single day. And, you know, it, it, it's difficult to exist in a world like this, in a country like this, when so much is happening. Mm-hmm. Your Hitler is a space where I can go to rest, to mm-hmm. breathe it's also a space I can go to organize Mm -hmm. and to act and to be angry Mm -hmm. and to use that to drive me in my activism. Mm -hmm. And it's also a space I can go to get drunk and ugly cry Mm -hmm. in front of all my friends. So it's, it's not just a space where, it's a space to be human. And that's what I hope we can provide to a lot of other people. We hope other people can come and build this space with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. I I wanted to sort of, uh, you know, this has been on my mind for a little bit, you know, at the start of this conversation, right, you talked about how there's like this trend now where politicians or companies or uh, institutions, they'll come up with this either like misery porn or inspiration porn. You know, and as a sort of outsider, you know, somebody who's kind of blessed, who's sort of more or less neurotypical, you know, you look at that and you say, know, well, this is pretty disingenuous here, mm-hmm. right? You know, because you're not doing anything structural or systemic. You don't really put your heart into this. But yeah, how does that affect, um, how does that affect the larger culture? What are the, the, the ramifications of this thing, right? I can only just see it's bullshit, right? But what is the underlying damage that's being done here?
2: I mean... When institutions are already so violent and damaging, will putting will doing 25 push-ups a day really add to the damage? I don't know. Maybe I don't know today because I haven't done my 25 push-ups today. so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling a bit down, and that's on me, right? I didn't do my push-ups. Um, but this to me, to a lot of us, this kind of like just raising awareness. Mm-hmm. Without any systemic change Without any policy change Anything Anything at all It's just virtue signaling Right Like uh, You know young people Care about mental health So let me just Throw in mental health I don't really know What it means But I'll just throw it there Throw it in there And do something That Mm -hmm. kind of resembles something Mm -hmm. And hope For the best That you know I care about this issue Mm -hmm. When you're not even listening To mentally ill people And we are right here We are very loud Mm -hmm. And if you look at Um when it was posted, the 25 push-ups challenge, Mm -hmm. if you look at the comment section, young people went off. Mm -hmm. They were in there. But were the comments taken into consideration or were we just seen as troublemakers, Mm -hmm. you know? So we we went in there and we were like, you know, this is not right and this is exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people expressed a lot of anger and frustration, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that was taken into account. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything.
1: I, I want to now get also into something that you, you also did kind of mention at the start, right? Which is, you know, what are some of the big misconceptions that people have about mental health, especially in Singapore, right? And I'm sort of, I'm sort of asking that from a personal position as well, right? Because I've, I again, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've never really had to deal with these things. And so I never gave it that much to- uh, thought until I had friends and relatives and people around me begin to deal with these issues, right? And on a serious up to the point where it was doing serious damage. That's when I started thinking, okay, okay, I need to know this stuff. I need to kind of know what to do in this situation. So one of the big misconceptions that people tend to have that they don't really think about because they're, you know, they're not dealing with these issues.
2: Mm. So I see like two demographics, right? Mm -hmm. So one is like my parents' generation Who don't even have a vocabulary of mental health Mm -hmm. So I'll share this story about my mum And she's given me consent to share this story Um, So for years, like more than a decade She used to complain about having like a Mm stomachache She'd be like, I have a stomachache So we took her to the biggest doctors, you know We were like, you know, what's going on Like she got all these procedures done But there was nothing wrong with her physically Mm -hmm. And then someone suggested like Hey, maybe you should go to a psychiatrist Turns out this entire time she had an anxiety disorder and yeah. she just didn't have the vocabulary or it wasn't even a thing to her mm-hmm. to be like you know this is an anxiety disorder and this is going to sound here. really
1: dumb but i didn't know that there's that so when you have very bad anxiety it gets yeah sometimes that psychosomatic it, yes. it affects okay yeah well. <laughs> so
2: so there's there's that right There's mm-hmm. that demographic and then there's there are younger people mm-hmm. like ourselves right mm-hmm. um And even younger Who are so well versed In all of Like how to Support your friend When they're in crisis And you see all these Infographics on Instagram Mm -hmm. on you know How to be An active listener Blah 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 Uh, But I think The biggest misconception Is that People don't realise that Everything is very individual Mm -hmm. So you might have Read and memorised All of these Like guidelines And like Infographics On how to um, Tend to someone Who is suicidal At this point Mm -hmm. But really, what you have to do is to be present mm-hmm. and to really just ask the person what they need. Okay. And I think that's what people think there's, it's a very simple problem and there's a solution, but it's not like that. It's, it's, it's never in boxes. Mm-hmm. It's always a very individualized response that people need. Mm-hmm. And people's circumstances have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of um, things that I have received throughout my life has been like, you know, like you have everything. What like, why? Why are you so depressed? Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not about that, you know, I'm in pain. So when you are like telling me, oh, but you have everything, you have a good job, you study so hard, everything. OK, then why like that? Because look at the state of our world, <laughs> you know, look at the state of I cannot imagine a future for us sometimes, you know, as, mm. as humankind. And that might seem as a very, like, abstract concept. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, you know, climate grief, climate change, you look at uh, the rise of fascism throughout the world, it is a very scary time to be alive. Mm-hmm. And these things affect us. These things affect young people. Mm-hmm. And I think being depressed and anxious they're very valid reactions. Yeah. They're not disordered reactions. They, they seem very valid to me. I mean, if you're not afraid and if you're not anxious, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm always very, I'm um, very confused by people who are like, oh, just be apolitical and kind of like glaze through life.
2: I mean, um, their life allow them to do that, right?
1: Yeah. Mm. and, and uh, you know, And just somehow waltzing through things as if like, Privilege was not was not just there in the background, but whatever. Okay, I'm not gonna be salty on camera. Um, what are the future plans for your Hitler and yourself? In fact, how are you gonna continue this? How are you gonna grow this this wonderful community or platform?
2: So this year has been really hard for us because of COVID and because we don't get to be physically present with each other. So it's been hard, mm-hmm. um, but we have some exciting things coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I won't review But uh, it, We are trying to bring Something to The acti- activist scene In Singapore mm-hmm. Which we hope Is valuable Which is like We are, we are trying to Really build activism Around community care
3: mm-hmm.
2: Where we don't Treat other activists As resources mm-hmm. You know To just get the job done Where we are not we, where we don't treat each other terribly and take no accountability for our actions.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of these things happen in the activist scene, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where we 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 hold ourselves accountable for the harm that we've caused. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we're trying to model and we're trying to bring mm-hmm. to the table, I guess. That sounds very capitalist, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we're trying to do a very transformative justice kind of thing, mm-hmm. but uh, in a very community accountability kind of way. I don't know if I'm just throwing out words now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's really like, um, yeah, just centering community care and healing justice at mm-hmm. the centre of everything.
1: Okay. Well, okay, that's quite interesting. So, I mean, what, what, do, you sort of, do you sort of have plans about the sustainability Of this I mean what happens when you What happens when you leave What happens when you're gone You know How is this gonna keep going Or do you want it to keep going Or what 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 do you have in store for it
2: So a friend of mine Recently told me that You know um, The system works such that You know It will always keep going And when it's come to a stop It will end Mm -hmm. By itself Yeah So building a community for me, it's not a business. Mm-hmm. It's a community. Mm-hmm. So, if we still need need each other, we will always be here. Mm-hmm. And sustainability is not even an issue because like, it's, it to me, it's such a corporate word because we're coming together as a community. We're having fun. So, of course, people will keep coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as long as you, as the work is energizing, like, I don't want for myself especially, I don't want activism to be something like self-sacrifice, you know, like I'm staying up late nights and I'm doing this mm-hmm. and I'm so tired. How am I going to convince other people to be activists when I look like that? Mm-hmm. Like, I want it to be fun and I want it to be energizing and like life-changing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are trying to make the community be. Mm-hmm. And w- there are always people who come to us with like stuff they want to do, like projects they want to initiate, and we try and support in whatever way that we can. Mm-hmm. And these are the partnerships and collaborations and community that we want to build. So we think that the community will sustain itself as long as it's needed. Mm-hmm. So sustainability is not really a concern at this point.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, the only thing that I, I would think about is just sort of like you know, does it does it ever run into sort of do you ever run into difficulties like the work that you put in to edit the site to keep it up to design it right? I mean, there has to be somebody doing the back end. Mm. Um, you know, will there will there ever come a point where these things become a little bit too difficult? They clash with your schedule, and then this platform, you know begins to fall by the wayside you know I know the community is always going to be there but your Hitler, I mean from what I understand it functions as a kind of um, maybe loud halo or, exce- or, 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 mm. or um, uh, a space for, for community to build and to grow you know in that accelerated sense right mm. so, so I'm just sort of wondering you know the back end the work that that comes with any form of activism right mm. but I, I I wonder if that might be you know difficulty sustaining it, keeping it going
2: Mm, I mean, that's always an issue, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we always come up, like, we always come against this. We are always asking ourselves, are we the space or are we the people? Mm -hmm. You know, is the work more important or is the people? For activism, everything is urgent and necessary all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So, but because of our values, Mm -hmm. we... Are always people first. Mm-hmm. So let's say we have to take a step back from publishing things online mm-hmm. because we are overwhelmed. The mm-hmm. team is overwhelmed. The community is overwhelmed. That's okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No one is dying. That's mm. fine. Yeah. You know, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the the work ebbs and flows. Okay. Uh, yeah. but we believe the work is coming together. The mm-hmm. work is taking care of each other, and we will never like we are never going to. Say that you know you have to give up your individual well-being just to put something out there. Mm-hmm. Never that that goes against our values. Then we exist for what? Yeah. <laughs> then we just go and work for corporate company mm-hmm. You know. I yeah. mean that
1: that reminds me of that that you know some of the the ideas that have been coming out over the past couple of weeks, which is that modern not modern activism, but like activism nowadays, right, is happening on so many different platforms with so many different. Um, ways and styles and methods right and there is a kind of flexibility to it there is that kind of ebb and flow which makes it a little bit um which makes it which gives it that extra sustainability that that makes it a little bit more dynamic right whereas you know you know traditionally when we think activism oh it's an institution there's sustainability there are costs and all that but now it's like you that there is that there is that that ability for it to be simple and dynamic and flexible and to ebb and flow with the people who make up that type of activism.
2: And the ebb and flow happens because of trust. Mm-hmm. You can take a rest mm-hmm. when you trust that there will be other people out there mm-hmm. doing the work, slowly mm-hmm. chipping away at the systems. Mm-hmm. So with, when you inculcate that kind of trust in yourself, in the community, mm-hmm. that's when you can step back and be like, hey, I need to take some time out. Mm-hmm. And you can step back in mm-hmm. when other people need to take a step back
0: love it wow yeah. you're blowing my mind <laughs> yeah. i mean i i you know as as someone trying to build uh, an activist organization i i'm starting to wonder whether i've been doing things the wrong way and sort of like reifying capitalist norms and ideals in how we're trying to you know, become sustainable, but also relentlessly grow and focus on these big overarching goals of trying to change how people understand and see Southeast Asia. But actually, you make such powerful points about, you know, that actually undermines the the building that sort of culture within the organization, which is so uh, goal focus rather than people focus actually undermines a big, cr- crucial part of what we're trying to do, um, which is overturn the, the dominant ideologies which are corrosive to our life. But unthinkingly, we may have been um, affirming some of those ideologies. So, uh, you I know. Mean, yeah. It's
2: difficult to resist, right? Because yeah. that's what we know from the day we are born. And that's what we internalize. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a there's a great initiative. They're called Black Youth Project, uh, 100, mm-hmm. and they have a, this quote which says that the that our movements are the practice grounds for the world that we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. So let's say. We resist, 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 you know, we... The revolution is here and we, like, you know, take down the structures. Mm -hmm. What's to say that we are not going to replicate those structures? Because Mm -hmm. it's internalized. Yeah. Right?
1: And we don't know, like, what to reinstate in its place because we've never done it. We never tried. We were so focused on, like, revolution and, like, tearing everything down. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And that's
2: why, like, imagination work is so important. Mm -hmm. Like, just not just imagining a different way of being and working, but actually practicing it mm-hmm. because it's hard. Oh, like yeah. sometimes I just want to do a thing, mm-hmm. but my friend's like, you're tired, rest. And I'm just like, no, I want to do the thing. But that's the capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Like the internalized capitalism. Mm-hmm. I want to do the thing. I want to put it out. I want to create mm-hmm. um, at the expense of myself. Yeah. Um, so unlearning is, is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's where the value lies. And also the outcome, right? Like sometimes... I feel a bit paisae because I'll be like, huh, I say your headline here, there, you know, but then we only have 2,000 followers on Instagram. So lousy. they will be like, hmm. but those 2,000, they like engage, you know, mm-hmm, and they are mm-hmm. our community and we are building community in a very intentional way. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to get numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so numbers isn't the KPI. We, we have no KPIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to even break out of that has been like a practice for me.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, that was that was that was one of the things like with um, with Wake Up Singapore as well, right? Sometimes we would see followers leave, right, or and, and then we'd be like, oh no, why why are the followers going? But then, yeah, you know, the real thing is, are we engaging? Is our content actually getting better? Mm. Are people who are, are engaged with our content who are going to leave? Good comments and think pieces. Are those people being provoked? Are they being engaged? And so, yeah, I, I actually really relate, right? Changing that marker to shift your eyes away from that sign, that number, there towards actual quality, which is more intangible. I'm still learning that. I'm still <laughs> learning that. Really, yeah. Um, but I mean, you you've kind of you've kind of walked into this 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 question a little bit already, right? But I want to get a little bit more into your. Overarching theory of change Right And I don't mean anything Overly theoretical I don't mean anything Too philosophical I just mean What do you think change is? How do you think It's gonna happen? And how do you think That it's, it should happen?
2: Okay So I was thinking About this right And I think All of us Have different Parts to play In the change mm-hmm. um, And My part Your headless part Is Community building mm-hmm. is relationship building And um, and essentially, just rethinking the way we relate to each other, mm-hmm. um, finding different ways to live and be mm-hmm. um that's that's what we are doing mm-hmm. um, and it, like that is one way right and then there are different directions we need to push in all the directions there's like protesting, there's art, there is uh policy papers there is uh Like channels like yours Like you know um, Information spreading That new narrative does Like all of this is important But I think for us We want to be the community That like holds everyone together And holds hands Mm -hmm. And then we'll be like "Uh You know It's it's less of the Let's hold hands And sing songs But more about like Where does the pain lie Mm -hmm. Why are we hurting Even when we're doing work That is resisting All these oppressive forces Mm -hmm. Why are we hurting each other Mm -hmm. You know um, why is there so much violence in the movement itself? Why are we perpetuating this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where we come in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it, it's it's even more than that. You're you're selling yourself a bit short because you're actually trying to uh, demonstrate and through the you know um, sort of develop a new way of thinking, a new ideology through which we can structure our lives and our communities. Right through the practice of it uh, of of what you're doing, that overturns the current uh, neoliberal capitalist consensus that has uh, come to govern our societies. You know, there's this whole, as as we've been discussing, basis of uh, society now where your value is economic and your well being is can be measured economically. Where if people their incomes rise, they have more material, they're materially better off than they're better off. But what you're proposing is a very powerful rejection of that and demonstrating, right, is a powerful rejection of that uh, by placing um, well-being, um, human well-being at the center of our society. So the change that you're doing is not, you know, it's not just building the community, but demonstrating the viability of that community as a a way on which we can organize our societies. Mm -hmm. And that is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Mm You know, and and this is a point in human history where we desperately need it, right? Capitalism, the crises that, that are around us—it's not just pandemic and climate; it's a crisis in capitalism, it's a crisis in democracy, it's a crisis in nationalism. We need different ways of organizing ourselves politically, economically, and socially. And you're demonstrating a very powerful way of doing it socially. And just sitting here listening to you, you know, I've I've already I've already had my mind blown about things that I didn't even think about ideologies that. I, I didn't realize I was affirming uh, or rejecting and this is this is incredibly powerful
2: mm-hmm. I mean like that's the thing about neoliberal capitalism right like you cannot imagine a world without it yeah so we try law yeah. <laughs> we try and we we make we make we make mistakes yes. you know? yeah, okay. we make a lot of mistakes and we make it okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. you know which is also v- very important in a very punitive culture where you like, you make mistakes, you're cancelled. You make mistakes, police come and catch you. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just like outside um, the activist scene, but also inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, But making mistakes is okay. Mm. It's okay, you know, let's make mistakes, let's learn together. So it's, yeah, it's it's just something we're trying to do, I guess.
1: So I guess I want to ask sort of a personal question here, right, which is, you know, right now running Wake Up Singapore and then in the future, you know, going to academia, working with people, working with teams and project groups, right? How can I make myself somebody that's more community-centered, somebody that's more mental health-centered? How can I bring that into the teams that I manage or work with?
2: I mean, I think you can do that by-
1: It's, it's a very, because I'm not gonna lie, it's a, I'm, I'm with PJ on this 100%. It's a slightly alien concept to me. It doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. I'm the chase KPI, chase the GPA, I want the numbers, I want the results kind of thing, you know, and that's just the way that it's been growing up in the Singapore education system. And I'm running up against some greedy gears right now, trying to unlearn that. So how do I bring that into teams that I'm working with?
2: I guess for me to really have been able to do that, I've had to experience that from mm-hmm. the people around me. So it, it cannot just be a single effort. Mm-hmm. You have to bring people on the same page. Yes. And the way... I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, maybe the way to do that is to not be like, how can I be more human-centric and to just treat people like humans and not just mm-hmm. like a project work member. Like, we just, we're just we so quick to just slot people into roles that they play in our lives. Mm-hmm. But people are people, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what is happening to a person in their lives? Um, apart from that, and just relating to a person like a person, um, a thought exercise that I always like i like to do with like my friends is if the apocalypse it's already happening but if if it were to happen right (laughs) now Mm -hmm. like right now you know everything's gone Uh and you're left with a group of people Uh and you are the only people surviving in Uh the world Uh what will your role be in that space what are you going to bring to that space Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, are you going to be the one like setting traps in the jungle to to catch prey? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to be the the medicine maker, the healer? Mm-hmm. You know, and to think of that, to think of our role in any kind of group setting or community setting that we are in, mm-hmm. is to to really like imagine an individual as part of a collective. Like that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. To imagine more than like I'm trying to get this out of this community, but like, what what? Not what I bring to the table But what How am I in this space mm-hmm. You know How do I embody I mean it sounds very woo-woo
3: mm-hmm.
2: It sounds woo-woo right But it's not It's not it's, it's really about like Thinking about how you embody A space Like mm-hmm. what, what do you bring to that space How do you relate to each other in that space mm-hmm. How do you really see other people Yeah Like not just like You're my group work member Today you do page one Tomorrow I write abstract That kind you know It's not like that mm-hmm. It's just like how what do we have in common? What are our differences? And differences are great, you know? They are mm-hmm. they are generative. They yep. So many things come out of differences. And, like, I mean, the, obviously, want to caveat that with, like, the difference is not that you're homophobic and you think my existence is wrong, la, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah, like, how can we just come together? How can conflict be generative? How can we treat each other as more than just resources?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: How can we... And the thing is, like, it needs to be organic also. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, like... If you are in my community, I must like you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just don't like people, and that's okay. Also, to honor that, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, I don't know. It's just returning to how to be human, right?
0: If, if, I, if I can jump in, I mean, you, because very often when you when you hear uh, things like, uh, oh, if you were if the apocalypse was going to happen, what do you do? Or if you're going to die tomorrow, what do you do? And a lot of the time the message people are sending is you're not being efficient enough in your day or in your time. Mm-mm. You know, you need to make every second count uh, or it's the law of the jungle and you've got to be ruthless. But what you're saying, and I think there's one point to, to make for people who, who, who are listening, who uh, might not grasp this, is about how do we rebuild civilization from the apocalypse in, in ways which um, are you know w- w- which are collectively healthy. Um, what is the civilization that we want to emerge from the apocalypse? And what's your role in it? Is that is that a better way of I mean not better but more is that an accurate reflection of, of what you're saying? Rather than you know say an apocalypse is going to happen, so I need to learn how to kill. You know my role is to kill. Mm-hmm. You know but what you're saying is okay if disaster happened and we need to rebuild human civilization how do you contribute mm-hmm.
2: yeah that, that's what it is I think we watch so many zombie movies right and then it's always about these few people and you have to fight everyone you have to fight the zombies but actually you end up killing each other
3: that's mm-hmm. the way it
2: happens, right? Like, because yes. of, we are always, like, survival of the fittest. Like, you must steal other people's lunch, right? Yeah. But, like, how, <laughs> do you find li- yeah. how do you find lunch when you're stuck in a jungle together, mm-hmm. right? Like, someone has to catch the prey. Someone has to... I mean, this is very abstract, but, like, someone has to, like, share it. Someone has to cook it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interdependence. Interdependence is how we survive. And that's a very scary thing to admit because we want to be independent and we want to fight other people. That's what individualism teaches us. Mm-hmm but we, the truth is we cannot survive without each other.
1: Yeah. All right. I, I, I just have one last, one final question, right? And this has been bugging me the whole way through, which is, you know, you know because there have been times where, where, you know, I've been thinking, okay, I'm struggling with mental health issues or I know people who are out there struggling with mental health issues, right? And there's a little bit of resistance, right? We, you know, these people may want to join the community. They may want to get in touch with somebody. They may want to seek help. But then how does one, like, enter that, right? How does one open up about these things, right? Is it, you know, there, there are all these considerations, like, is it safe? Mm. Is, it, is the information going to get out? Am I using the correct language? Mm. Can I claim that I'm depressed mm. if, like, I don't want to, you know, self-harm? You know, like, where does the line come? That All of these considerations. So how does that, how does one take that step? You know, to enter into that community.
2: Mm. Mm, okay. Okay. I think what you brought up is super important because mm. it illustrates how the narrative of mental health is also very binary. It's you are well, and then you're suddenly not well. Mm, mm. Right? Um, and that was me for a long period of my life mm. where I was depressed for so long, but then I was just like, nah, but I never cut myself. So probably not depressed enough, you know, mm-hmm. like don't need to seek help. Mm-hmm. But I think we all need help mm-hmm. living in this world. <laughs> yeah. I think we all need it. Like mm-hmm. living under capitalism, we all need help. Mm-hmm. So just normalizing that. Mm-hmm. And also like to, to be a part of the mental health community. We are just a community. I don't know. Everybody has mental health. So I don't know what a mental health community is. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be a part of a community, we don't just sit around and talk about depression. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough of that. Like we are already living that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we just Come together And just be We are meeting each other As people mm-hmm. So it's not really about Like let me come here And find out About like schizophrenia There, there are spaces To do that And that's important But that's not who we are Yeah um, Yeah just meeting people As people I guess mm-hmm. And knowing that If you think you need help You need help You want help You need help Like as in it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be super depressed. It's not oppression Olympics, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, then if we really think like that, then you just have to be the most oppressed person in the world to get any help.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But we are, we're we all at different pe- stages. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's...
0: So so what you're saying is, Sean, is it's not just about entering a community. Mm-hmm. It's actually transforming the communities you're already in. Mm-hmm. Because this shouldn't be a mental health community. Mm-hmm. It should be... Normalize for everyone everywhere. Like mm-hmm. that, that's kind of a, a theme of this episode where actually it's it's you know, we have this conception of a separate space when actually it should be pervasive and we should all be behaving in these ways which are supporting each other and affirming each other. And and so um You know, it's uh, to come back to your question, John. It's not about entering community, but transforming the communities you're in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very, that's actually a very powerful idea uh, to realize that uh, this is not separate from who we are at any given time. uh, But no matter which community you're in, your family, your friends, your company, um, you can transform that and help begin to transform that. Yeah, you know, and I think that's uh, like turning turning yeah. that um, conception yeah. is really important. Yeah.
1: So I mean, as somebody that's like really quite clueless, as you can tell, how do I begin, um, sort of changing that? How do I begin overturning that narrative? Like, you know, I th- I feel like okay, there have been people who've come up to me and said, "Hey, I'm feeling a certain way. Mm. I don't know if I should get help," and I just look kind of blankly at them like. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? What? You know, mm-hmm. how? How does one? How does like, a, let's say, a neurotypical person? How does somebody mm-hmm. who who you know hasn't really been forced to deal with with many of the issues out there? Um, how does a person like that sort of engage? How do they be there for someone?
2: I mean, if you're asking on a very interpersonal level, mm-hmm. I think it's always important to think about our positionality. Mm-hmm. So like you said like if you are a neurotypical person who has hasn't been through these things mm-hmm. um, first is to go within mm-hmm. and to think about why haven't i faced these things mm-hmm. like what are the privileges that i have oh,
1: i'm straight up male i mean like <laughs> it, it's it's privilege straight up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and
2: other and to not just think of that in an abstract but mm-hmm. to think of that when you step into a community right mm-hmm. like I am a man, Mm -hmm. therefore in this space, even if there are equal numbers of like men and other genders, Mm -hmm. um, men are automatically going to have a stronger voice. Mm -hmm. Because that's how we're all conditioned, right? So to to actively take a step back, Mm -hmm. to let people who are marginalized do the talking, Mm -hmm. like it's not about amplifying voices, everybody has voices, Mm -hmm. let the voices come out, you know? Mm -hmm. And if someone's coming to you, don't know if I should seek help, then just seek, la. what's the worst that could happen, mm-hmm. right? You just try it. If it doesn't work, mm-hmm. then it's okay. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just about trial and error, which is life, really. Mm-hmm. Trial and error. Activism also, mm-hmm. trial and error. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if I can offer some, you know, from new narratives perspective, it's several things. You know, first, I think, reach what you said about understanding yourself. Because um, to understand that you yourself, you're, you're not perfect, that you have issues to deal with, right? Admitting your own vulnerability is a very powerful first step. So actually to anyone listening, I'd say if you really want to create change, it has to start from within, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, once you do that, you're going to open yourself up to all sorts of other possibilities. Um, and then for new narrative, the a major turning point was actually um, someone in the organization who was very open about her mental illness but also very passionate about helping other people understand that and then nurturing that, right? Uh, you know, again, we, we take on a lot of responsibility on ourselves as activists. Like, I got to change everything about the world. But sometimes maybe it's not you that's going to change it but rather someone else who has that understanding or capability and then you help empower that person. So as managing director, right, um, I, I really tried to empower Uh, My colleague to transform the company from within, to create these sort of uh, structures, um, to create an environment, you know, to do very simple things, uh, but then also create very deep-seated institutional pathways um, for people to acknowledge these issues, for people to seek help, for people to be to, have, to trust each other to be vulnerable with each other right to transform the, the values of the organization and put those first mm. so uh, yeah I think that's from, from New Narratives perspective um, that's that's how we've gone about it mm. um, and of course I know we have a long way to go but um, yeah I think it, 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 uh, it's very important to do
2: yeah and that's the thing right exactly what you said like know your range Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you don't have to be at the forefront of doing all the changes. Mm-hmm. Some people are more equipped to do that, mm-hmm. but also not placing all the burden on marginalised people to do all of that work. Mm-hmm. And how can you, like, carry that work as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, while letting them, like, lead the work. Yeah. I think that's important.
1: I think my, my final thought here is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, 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 my mind has sort of started to shift, which is that... I think you you could hear like a lot of the questions that I was asking was like how do I do this how do I do that it was like very pragmatic and I'm thinking about actually it's really context dependent right it's just putting that individual first putting um, community first putting the individual and their well being first and it's not so much about a set of rules but rather a direction or a framework to see every context as well being comes first and that's how the context is going to be played out and interpreted. So it's, yeah, it's a whole perspective shift for me. So yeah, I mean, and it's also about you.
2: like looking inside. Yeah. Like, what do you need as an individual? Mm-hmm. What would you like? What kind of support would you need? I mean, your head last started like that. I would go on Insta mm-hmm. and I would post Insta stories about how I was having a terrible time. Mm-hmm. And I would, I cope with humor. So I would just make it funny. And then people would just be like, oh my God. And then people started opening up. Then I'm just like, ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is way too much for me to carry as a person. So I was like, let me create a community. So we can actually just come together, Mm -hmm. you know So I think being vulnerable is good But also, like, that shouldn't be As in, I also want to be careful Because, like, a lot of people expect to consume trauma From marginalized people before they want to be in relationship with them So that's not right Uh, But yeah, just starting from ourselves Being like, what do I need? What am I struggling with? Mm -hmm. You know, and things like that
0: Can I ask, so I I have a question about transnational solidarity, Mm. right? And have you thought about how we build these communities across borders, especially borders which have been imposed upon Mm. us? Um, And maybe there's an inherent conflict because you want a community which is a lot more face to face. Uh, You know, you've talked about the value of everyone coming together in person. So it becomes very hard to transcend boundaries and borders. But at the same time, borders itself is also a form of violence imposed upon us to restrict how we act and behave and think. Mm. And um, there are so many valuable things that I have, uh, you know, learned or been able to draw upon because New Narrative is a is a regional company um, and uh, learn from so many people, you know, throughout the region. And in particular. Um, my therapist is based in Malaysia and I pay a hundred ringgit per hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So there's already a huge difference there just on the the drain on resources, you know? So, uh, that's actually, I was, you know, from the moment you said, um, you know, $240 an hour in Singapore, I, I was like, wow, that is a huge amount. Um, if you just, like everything else, you go across to Malaysia. (laughs) (laughs) Even
2: medication, I've heard. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, well, fortunately, I don't need medication. uh, So I, you know, because that would be controlled on the national level. Mm, But I guess my broader question is like, transboundary solidarity. Is that something you're considering? Is that some, how would you you build that into the community you're trying to build?
2: That's the dream, right? Mm. Um, I mean, everything that I have, I'm learning here because I feel like there are not a lot of models here which I have seen like in Singapore so everything that I'm learning continually over the past few years have been through webinars and through activists in various spaces who are doing abolition work who are doing transformative justice work you know and I've been learning from them so to build community with them as, um, would be amazing I, I we still have to think about that I mean that's like the dream uh, but yeah, that to, to kind of exchange this knowledge and, and build together, that'd be amazing. That, that'd be how capitalism ends. So, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah,
0: we're getting there. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Reese. This has been a fantastic hour. I have learned so much, had my mind blown, reconsidering many things, especially when you just said, you know, activism should be fun. And then I thought back on the past couple of months... Uh, and, and definitely ever since that police raid on, on, yeah. on me, you know, mm. that was uh, very traumatizing. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I kind of have lost sight of that fact. So I feel like, uh, you know, you've, you've reminded me of certain important things which I, which I had forgotten about. And of course, as a, as a leader, that then affects everyone else in the organization. When it seems like I'm not having fun and I'm, you know, grumpy or mopey or, or sad or whatever... It definitely affects everyone else you know for that alone i want to thank you but then on top of that you've really given us so much information um, and i think really helped a lot of people think very differently about um, a lot of things especially how we build our, our communities so yeah thank you very much for joining us um, and of course thank you Sean uh, my co-host yeah it was questions. a complete perspective
1: change yeah I mean it's 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 one of the the, the the areas which you know admittedly I would say I have not looked at very much right and it's one of those things that you know I'd say sometimes doesn't come up that much in activism mm-hmm. right the, the the mental toll I mean at least in in my circle right we, we tend to kind of um, put it to the side we think about oh the greater good getting the job done right um but yeah, I mean, the, the the but the things that keep us going are really that those small times where we get together and we laugh and we say, hey, you know, we can we've came a long way. We did we did you know? Oh, look at this questionable meme. We have drinks, we have fun, and then that's that's the origin of everything. But we don't focus on it. We don't realize how important those things are because our eyes is always on the prize. It's always on the numbers. It's on the next goal and milestone that we're going to reach. So. You've really inverted that. You flipped that for me, and I mean, I mean,
2: like the forces against us that mm-hmm. we are fighting are already going to make it very not fun for <laughs> us, right? Like PJ just went through that, and that was terrible. And yeah, it. So if we also make it not fun for ourselves, then we do for what? Mm-hmm. You
3: know, yeah. if
2: like survival is already so hard because we are living on the terms of capitalism, we are living on the terms of cis heteronormativity and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Then if we just perpetuate that, then what's the point? Like, let's create spaces where we can survive and resist. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, And thank you, as always, to all of you tuning in, watching, listening. Um, Thank you for joining us. Uh, If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do go to newnarrative.com for more stories from around Southeast Asia. Listen to our sister podcast, Southeast Asian Dispatches, for more news, interviews, and commentary from around Southeast Asia. Check out New Narrative, uh, newnarrative.com slash hello. Join, please do join as a member, newnarrative.com slash join or donate at newnarrative.com slash donate. Thank you, everyone, and see you next time.